I am Pastor Corrine Boroff, Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at andersonfirst.org. Have a blessed day and enjoy the message. Our lesson today 
is from Genesis 12, 1 through 4. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we begin this season of Lent, which started at Ash Wednesday, we begin to talk about those things that we would give up. That's one of those mantras that we talk about at Lent, and I'm sure that many of you have given up something for Lent. 
But I want to refer you to a scripture in Matthew. Matthew 16, verse 24 says, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, in other words, Jesus is talking to you and I. And he says, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your way, take up your cross, and follow me. In other words, we have to give over to God those things that would keep us separate from God, take on those things of Jesus Christ, and follow. That sounds pretty simple, right? Well, it's a little bit harder than it sounds. Ash Wednesday, we talked about giving up control. That's a hard one. And today we're going to talk about giving up expectations. You see, we all have expectations from the very youngest of us to the very senior of us. We all have expectations that we have learned throughout our lifetime or that we just comes instinctually. We expect certain things. But life is not always what we expect. Let me give you a few examples. Many of you may be familiar, you may even belong to the fitness center called Planet Fitness. And their motto, their slogan is, it's a judgment-free zone. Well, if I were to quiz any of you, you would probably come up with something, well, that means that there's no judgment of what shape I'm in when I come in there. Right? I can get on any machine and nobody's going to judge that I haven't been on one for 20 years. Right? Doesn't matter how slow I go or... We would interpret something close to that. A judgment-free zone. Just in last July, there was a young man who went into Planet Fitness and was arrested and actually put in jail for being there. You see, when he went into Planet Fitness, he proceeded to take off all of his clothing and begin to work out. <laughs> well, when the police showed up to haul him away after having him put something on, they said, what, what were you thinking? And he said, I thought this was a judgment-free zone. <laughs> yeah. He expected something very different than the rest of us expected. Another example, when we talk about prison and going to prison, we usually think of someone who has broken the law, right? And they're sentenced to time in prison. And usually the only way to get out of a prison, depending on what it was that was done, is you either have to serve your time or you pay your way out. There's actually a prison that exists that you pay to get in. This prison has actually become very popular. For $90, you can spend 24 hours locked in a prison cell. The cells are 54-foot square cells. When you go in, everything except your clothing is taken from you and stored in a locker. You get a yoga pad. You get a pen and a piece of paper. 
within the cell itself, there is a very small toilet, and that's it. You're provided a meal. Dinner consists of steamed sweet potatoes and a banana milkshake. Yum, huh? That's dinner. And breakfast is oatmeal. And you can stay then and be locked. You're actually locked in. It's not a case of come and go. There's nothing in the room. You sleep on the yoga mat and that alone in the clothes that you wore in. And it's become a place where people can actually forcibly separate themselves from all the things that they have to do quite different from what we expect prison to be, right? You see, our expectations are not always what they ought to be, not always what is reality, especially when we're talking about our God. Expectations can be quite different. Our scripture today in Genesis is a very interesting scripture about Abram, who becomes Abraham later on in scripture once he is moved into this covenant relationship with God. His name is changed. But here in chapter 12, what amazes me the most is not that God talked to Abram. That happens a lot in the Bible, right? God talks to people. That's not so amazing. Doesn't even amaze me that Abram said yes and did what God wanted him to do. That's not for me the most amazing part. The most amazing part is all this began and he was 75 years old. That amazes me. I mean, we know what we can expect at 75 years old. We are settled. Where where we want to be or where we can be, we are surrounded by friends that we have accumulated over the many 75 years as much as possible. We are secure, not only in who we are, but where we are. There's those physical things to also expect when we become 75 years old. For instance, the blood vessels and the arteries begin to stiffen. We begin to shrink, get shorter, bone density. And we also experience memory and hearing and visual loss. They begin to fade on us around this age. And so some of those things are what we can expect. I even found out, discovered, I didn't know, that the seniors have, many seniors use text messages like everybody else, and they have their own language. For example, this one tickled me. B-Y-O-T, bring your own teeth. <laughs> but you see, as we talk about expectations, Abraham was very much where we are at 75. He had moved around a little bit. He was a shepherd. But he had gone to Haran, and there he was with his father. He was married. He was surrounded by family. He had no children of his own. He 
thought he knew what to expect. But his expectations were changed. And Abram heard from this God that undoubtedly he had become familiar with over a period of time and God called him to step away from all that security, all that he had established, all that he knew, and do something completely different in order to be closer to God, in order to lead a whole nation of people to God. And this at the age of 75. Well, you see, Abram is really an amazing character. Some 4,000 years ago, going through and feeling and understanding very much what we experience at 75, he said yes to God. And he moved into a no life in order to be closer to God. And you see, Abram was uh, the very first to do this. We know this because before Abram stepped out to worship this God of ours, he was the first one to do so. Had not happened before this. You see, there was a worship of many gods. In fact, Abram's own father... Terah sold small idols that he made that people could have in their home representing all the different gods that they worshipped. That was his father. You see, Abram knew what to expect. He knew who to worship. He understood what to do and where his family was going to be. He knew what to expect. And then God moved in and said, don't limit me with your expectations. God is greater than the limits that we place on God in our own lives. God is greater than that. There's another story in the New Testament that very much echoes this kind of expectation. We hear about it in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21, and we hear this story of Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. He knew what to expect when it came to the religion. But he met Jesus, he met him in the dark, he met him in an alley in Jerusalem at night. And he had some questions for this Jesus. And the conversation went that Jesus had explained to Nicodemus that in order to really follow him, you had to be born again. In other words, give up who you are and become something new. And Nicodemus, like any of us would say, how can that be? How can that be? 
It's not what I expect. It's not what I've read. It's not what I've studied. It's not what I've ever heard before. How can that be? And you see, we put that kind of limits on our God. Now, it's not that we're supposed to just never have any expectations of our God. In fact, there are plenty of things that we are to expect from our God. We are to expect mercy and forgiveness. We are to expect unconditional love and presence. We can expect those things from God and not be disappointed because God has promised those things. But the expectations that limit our God is when we say, the Messiah can only do what I know or expect a Messiah to do. The Bible can only say what I know to be true and understand now instead of allowing it to be a living word of God that speaks to us fresh by God. The kingdom of God can only come and only include those people that I have figured out belong there. Those are the kind of expectations that we have placed between us and our God. Those are the kind of expectations that we need to give over to God. There's a young man, his name is Josh Strip. Josh went through, he was an at-risk child in the foster care system. And throughout his growing up, he was just moved from one home to the other. And he had perfected the art of getting thrown out of a home. That had become his life goal. And so whenever he was placed in a home, he expected within a very short time to be sent back. And it kind of became a game with Josh. Well, when he was 14, he was sent to an elderly couple, both of them over 75. He was sent to live with this elderly couple, Rodney and Linda. And he did what he would normally do and after three years, he hadn't been sent back yet. And so he ramped it up a little bit. He opened up a checking account and he began to write forged fraudulent checks. And that went a little bit unnoticed other than the bank kind of doing some checking except when he wrote a fraudulent check to pay for the insurance of his car, he lost his driver's license. Shortly after that, he was speeding while driving, and with no license and no insurance, he was thrown into jail. And so this 17-year-old called his guardian, Rodney, with his one phone call that he could make, and he asked him to come and get him. And the next morning, Rodney went and bailed him out. And the drive home was pretty quiet. 
until they reached the driveway. And Rodney said, you need to come into the house. We need to have a talk. Josh said that he knew this was it. He was going to be sent back. It had happened. And so he went into the living room. And they were both seated there. And they both gave him eye contact. And it was Rodney that spoke. And he said, son, you can keep pushing us away. You can keep doing things that are destructive. You can keep trying to get us to send you back. But there's one thing that you don't understand. We see you differently than you see you. You are not a problem. You are our son. The expectations like that, that we place that limit who we can be in our relationship with God, are the ones that we are invited to give over to God. I'm going to ask you as we close this sermon to join me in a prayer, and it has to do with open hands. But I want to just um, caution you before participating in this. I encourage you not to do this arbitrarily. And I'll explain. This giving over expectations is something that has changed my life. Years ago, I sat where you sat. I had a family of three children. I was married. I loved what I did in the church. I was active. I was volunteering. I was just having a heyday doing what I loved to do, what I felt like God had called me to do. Heard a sermon about Abraham and the expectations of saying yes to God over where we had settled in our life. I mean, I knew what to expect. I was settled in. I was happy. I was just chugging right along and doing everything that I thought God would have me do. But God had a different plan. God placed a call on my life, and I was not about to let go of what I had. I loved what I had, where I had it, when I had it. And this moving into ministry bit where God would call me to move wherever the conference called me to move, My hope and prayer was always they did that consulting God. I wasn't going to do that. I grew up in that system. I knew what that felt like. I didn't want to do that to my own children. I 
I participated in a prayer, a prayer of letting go, giving over to God what was in the way of me living closer, in a closer relationship to God. It changed my life. Now, I don't expect everybody here to be called into ministry. (laughs) But what I do expect is that when you do that, that's not an arbitrary thing to do. God takes notice, folks. And you offer that, you can expect things to change. It's not sudden. It's not a bolt of lightning. But it happens. And so I invite you, if you are ready, we live like this. We hold on to what we expect. It's safe there. We know what's there. We don't know what God's going to call us to do or be. But I invite you, if you are willing and ready to do this, join me in prayer with your palms up. All that you expect in life is still right there. You haven't emptied them out. But open them to God. Let's pray. Glorious God, we sit before you today offering all those expectations in our life, offering those up to you, that you may examine them, that you may applaud some of those. And Lord, that you may change or even take away some that get in our way of being close and closer to you. Amen.